0: bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make its boast in the lord let the humble hear it and rejoice are you one of those individuals that bless the lord at all times i thought those spoken words of thanks were appropriate because it doesn't shy away from the tragic things that can happen in our life or the times that we get angry or things aren't working out as we anticipated we can bless the lord at all times And if you're to read through the Psalms, mostly written by King David, you will find him one who had real raw emotions with God. And he would continually seek God when he was discouraged and being tracked down by his enemies, but he would also praise God in the moments at every turn. I look forward to meeting David. How about you? David's one of those people I picture who just had a heart of thanksgiving. But he wasn't superficial in it. Oh, God will take care of it. That's fine. Everything. No, he was real. He was raw. And and he poured out his emotion to God and he poured out his thanks to God. But to me, King David had been one of those attractive people to be around because he knew how to give thanks. We looked at it last week when we discussed the story of the 10 individuals who had leprosy. My wife corrected me this week in small group. She said, Carrie, Sunday morning you were referring to them as leopards. They, didn't, they were not leopards. They, were, they had leprosy. They, you know, and I'm like, yeah, sometimes I don't get my tongue out there, right? But here's the reality. The ten who had leprosy last week. They had skin issues. They didn't have spots. The ten who had leprosy. We're all healed, God had done the same work in all of their life, but yet only one returned to thank Jesus. And we talked about us sometimes falling into the other 90% where we fail to give thanks to God. And I trust through this weekend, whether around your family table or with friends or in your own private devotional time, you were able to spend time thanking God for all of His provisions, but thanking God for who He is. King David was one of those people that knew how to pour out his heart in thanksgiving to the Lord. And we focused last week on an important truth of what thankfulness really is. The thankless tend to act as though they and their circumstances are entirely self-made. I was trying to contemplate that actually more this week and and, and I was thinking through, what is it like? Because I grew up in a Christian home. My parents had me in church from, I think I was born in the nursery. You know, it was one of those kinds of things. And you're Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night back then, and you had to be pretty sick, almost close to death to miss church. All right. But I was trying to think, what would it have been like to have grown up in a life without God in my home? Maybe you were one of those individuals, or maybe you're challenged with that right now with all that's going on, and and life is really lived without God. Well, the thankless are individuals who live life without God. And one of the things we need to encourage others around us by is to remember that there is not circumstantial stuff merely. There is not self-made stuff merely. That God is the provider beginning with the breath that we breathe every morning that we wake up. So the thankless tend to act As though they and their circumstances are entirely self-made. But the thankful see the providence of God in all they hold. They believe it is not how much we have or have not in life, but what we see is the source of what we have or don't have is the real issue. So here's God passing things through his hands that sometimes don't seem right to us. And we think that God caused that. Well, he didn't cause it, but somehow he allowed it to pass through. And in that provision, in that providence, in his sovereignty, we can thank him because he is still on the throne and he's still in control. Even if you're in a situation this morning that's pretty tough and challenging. So here's my thought. We, as a people have to continue to work hard at being those who are thankful. And if we do, we will be contagious to others. And we will honor and glorify God. And so as we park here on this spirit of thankfulness this morning in our last public kind of service, full on, it's appropriate for us to be thankful. And to ask God to help us do not what the thankless do, but what the thankful do, and remember, he is the source of all things. That's why I thought it was appropriate in singing, Be Thou My Vision, the vision is God, and all that he has for us. And King David understood that. Yeah, he had his ups and downs, and he fell different times in some hard ways. But David is known in the New Testament as someone who had a heart after God. And that heart after God that David had was a heart of gratitude and an understanding that God was the source of all provision. There were five things that I cried out to God two days ago that I needed to see happen this next week. And they were totally out of my control. One of those has to do with our variance permit and then a building permit and then the idea that we could have that extra weekend to hang here and then there's a couple other items that we need to, to have at the church to make it happen that we can't really purchase and I'm needing some people to donate them and got contacted a guy on Craigslist about one of them and I said, hey, would you take a partial charitable contribution for that one item? And he emailed back and he said, I'd, take the whole, I'd give you the whole thing if I had a charitable contribution for all of it. I was excited about that until I haven't heard back from him now for a few days. So I said, sure, we'll be able to do that. But, you know, I was in a place where I knew, and I'm still in that place here this morning, um, where it's got to be God who is the source of all of our provision moving forward. And though that's an anxiety-riddled place, my family can say, yeah, you had some anxiety going on over Thanksgiving. It's a good place to be. It's a testing ground. And it's also a a maturing and a building up ground to be totally dependent on God. Because when we get to those places in life, we realize what it's truly like to be thankful. And then we carry that spirit forward, hopefully, in our other seasons of life. Sometimes in our seasons of plenty when we forget about God. It's like, no, no, I need to be thankful. And David was one of those individuals. And so what I'd like to look at just briefly this morning is a psalm that David wrote that describes his heart after God, his heart of thankfulness. And it's Psalm 138. It begins this way. And we're going to read it in the message. The message, by the way, is a paraphrased version of the scriptures written by Eugene Peterson. Ever, anybody ever hear Eugene Peterson? Eugene Peterson, uh, a great saint, tremendously, uh, his writing's powerful and working in many people's lives and in pastors' lives over the years. Eugene pa- Peterson passed away just a couple months ago. But here's a man who sat down and he paraphrased the Scriptures and he paraphrases this psalm this way. Thank you. Picture David. Thank you. Everything in me says Thank you. Angels, listen as I sing my praise. I kneel in worship facing your holy temple and say it again. Thank you. Now, in the more direct translation, it says, I will thank you with all of my heart. So I have a title today All of My Heart. Are you one of those people who thank God with all of your heart? Your mind, your soul, your strength, your, your, your words, your silence, your body language, right? I mean, there's a couple things here. He's, he's, he's singing praise and he's saying angels listen. And I can't help but hear him throw up his hands, right, as he's scripting this out somewhere in the, in, in, the, in the temple or wherever he's at, just hanging out. Or maybe he's, you know, on one of his excursions that he has, a king is like throwing his hands up. Angels listen as I sing my thanks. And another bodily language thing, I kneel in worship. Facing your holy temple, the temple known as the place where God dwells. I turn myself towards the presence of God and I kneel and I say thank you with all of my heart. Now, if you have something really big come through, like I'll be doing this midweek when they finally give me that uh, uh, substantial conformance. Me and Dwayne Butler, both of us. (laughs) He's like, thank you. We finally got that significant conformance. He gives us, you know, assembly usage to have occupancy of of the building. But. Do you do that on a regular basis? I had asked myself that question when I had some of my anxiety this past week. Am I really thanking God? Am I in a spirit of gratitude for how far he's brought us as a people? How far he's brought my family? How far he's brought me personally? Do I cry out with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength? Thank you. Thank you. And that thank you isn't because of what he's done foremostly, but because of who he is. He is the source of all that provision that's given. And so when we get that spirit of thankfulness continuing to ingrain in our very essence through every day, it's where our focus is going. Not on the things we have or don't have or the people that are acting appropriately towards us or not. It's on God. So if you want that spirit that King David had, you go back to focus on the very essence of Yahweh, the one true God. He goes on in that first part, in verses 1 through 3, Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. The moment I called out, you stepped in. You made my life large with strength. I love how that's phrased there. He's actually saying that you came alongside of me and you boistered me up. You strengthened me in my time of need. Your love is incredible. Your faithfulness is always there. Your holiness of who you are and your very essence of your name. The holiness of your word that you were the truth. And the moment I called out, you were there. You stepped in. You made my life large with strength. Now, two things I want to make mention here. One, you may be at a place today where you say, I'm doubting that last line. You keep calling out. His faithfulness will continue to pursue you. Sometimes God says, not yet. I don't know why we weren't allowed by his sovereignty filtered through his hands to relocate in the fall, do some big push outreach, we're good, that we'd have all the construction done, and here we are. We're not limping into moving next week. We're joyfully moving that direction by God's provision, but it's not all done, like I'd hope. And you can't do you know, a big, hey, you know, let's get at this. It's like, okay, we're going to move. We're going to transition from here. We're going to land. We're going to land safely, and then we're going to strengthen up. I don't understand some things that probably won't, just like you won't, until the other side of heaven. But if you are at a place where you're not sure that God is strengthening you, continue to be faithful in calling out to him and be obedient to him. And over the course of time, you will find him coming alongside of and giving you that strength in the time of need, in his timing. And the other thing is this, is if that the Lord has really strengthened you recently. Maybe it's something that um, you can readily identify. And somewhere in, in, in David's mind here, he's got a hold of something that he's really excited about thanking God for. And if, if there's something that God has really strengthened you by, have you spent that time doing what you need to do on your knees and giving that heart of gratitude for who he is and what he's doing? And maybe it's something recent that's tangible. Maybe it's something long-term that affects the trajectory of your life and what you've done in being able to walk away from sin and indifference and walk towards Him. The moment I called out, you stepped in. You made my life large with strength. And then David turns away from his personal thoughts to thinking of the world. He says, when they hear what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say, thank you. They'll sing of what you've done. How great the glory of God. And here's why. God, high above, sees far below, no matter the distance, He knows everything about us. This is one of those passages where you can take great delight and encouragement even when you think the world is going amiss around you. Or that there's not an acknowledgement of who God is and whether it's locally, nationally, or globally. All of the kings of the earth will declare someday thank you for who you are. Even if they're on the wrong end of judgment, there will be worship concerning who God is and that He is a true just God. That all wrongs will be made right. That He will wipe every tear away from our eye, it says in the book of Revelations. Everyone will acknowledge God and all earth's kings will say thank you, For your very essence of who you are, because you are the one true God, holy and pure and righteous, there is no fault in you whatsoever. Every one, as it says in Philippians, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There will be that acknowledgement. And here's David crying out, saying, you know, can you imagine some of the kings that maybe were against him and what was not going right in his life? And he would be able to declare all the earth kings are going to say thank you. How great the glory of God is. That'll be a beautiful day. I've always thought, I anticipate, that day, when we worship on the other side, all wrongs right, every tear wiped away, some of your friends, some of your loved ones are there. This very moment, I was reading an article this week in our denominational magazine, and didn't realize that a peer of mine in seminary at my age had already passed on to be to the other side. That's always a sobering thing. It's sort of like, wow, he was a good guy. He was a great pastor, and, and, and I guess he's there. I guess he's in the presence of the Lord, being able to acknowledge his glory and his goodness. We will be able to worship in that environment where we know that all earth kings say thank you and how great the glory of God is. And God, He's he's above all. He sees. He knows everything about us. He knows when you uh, have been done wrong. He knows when someone else has questioned your motives, but you know your motives are pure. God knows. No matter what, He is there, overseeing as the all-knowing, all-wise, ever-present God. And then He turns back in the last two verses of Psalm 138 and says this, When I walk into the thick of trouble... Keep me alive in the angry turmoil. With one hand, strike my foes. With the other hand, save me. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. See, this is part of that raw emotion stuff of David. You're like, oh, don't say that. That's sort of not nice. God, strike my foes? No, that's how he felt. And it wasn't because God's being a meanie. David wants justice to prevail on earth and in his workplace. And so he's saying, strike my foes. It's like, you deal righteously with my foes, those who are opposed against me. It's not me to do that. So you strike the foes. You bring justice and judgment in your time. But you, on the other hand, you save me. You hold me close. Because I'm in the thick of some trouble right now. And life isn't always easy. So... The spoken words of thanks we just saw, whether in the anger or whatever, that we have the opportunity to be able to acknowledge that God's made us with emotions that cry out and those emotions long for justice and rightness to be done. But then he finishes this brief psalm of thanksgiving after being on his knees and crying out, I thank you, Lord, with all of my heart. Everything in me, thanks you, thanks you. He comes to the end of this psalm and he says a petition. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. Don't quit on me now. You ever think God's maybe quitting on you like somebody else quit on you? He won't quit on you. But it's rightful for you to plea and to petition him that his love, his eternal love, would show itself in your everyday life by him not quitting on you. That his love and his faithfulness truly would be aspects of thanksgiving. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. So that's our psalm of thanksgiving. What I'd like to do is take a few moments and to see if you have a spoken word of thanksgiving concerning what God has done in your life not just in this recent period of a year but I want to go back seven years I think it's seven years seven years ago God took a young church that was meeting in an elementary school and moved it into these facilities here big step of faith God's now moving us to another location. I think even a bigger step of faith. I've been here for five years. I remember when my wife Melissa and I first drove up to this building five and a half years ago. It was in the summer of 2013. And we pulled up to that corner spot right there. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is the church. At that time, it was called Chorus Church. We rebranded it to the Awakening a couple years later, a year and a half later. But it was this idea that, oh, this is a place where God's moving with a group of people and wasn't quite used to rented facilities in a retail strip kind of thing from what I'd come from. But I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing with this group of people? And I've journeyed for five years now with us as a church family. Some of you have been on that journey for not only five years, but seven years are going all the way back to 2004, when the very first meeting happened in um, it was at a home or it was it an elementary school that you started meeting in. But I want you to think in terms of thanksgiving related to what God has done in your life since you've been a part of this church family. Okay? So maybe it's more distant past, maybe it's present. All right? Something God's done in your heart or maybe in our life as a church family. If we're to move from here to there with a spirit of gratitude, then we don't forget the past. We're grateful for the past and then we build for the future with God as our vision. But I'm just going to do a little bit of an open mic on that. And I'm going to ask the guy running the tech to come up and give a first word of affirmation because he was here from the very beginning of this church.